Hey there, Crittermanders, new fans and old listeners from across the galaxy and each and every gaming table out there. Uh, This is Patrick, and you are now listening to Cosmic Crit. This week's introduction is officially started for episode 200. And to kick off uh, the season of announcements, I have not just me, but everyone here. Say hello, everyone. Hello, Hello, everyone. It's Uh an episode... 200 celebration it's a miracle of episode 200-ness I don't believe that we have 200 in the bag (laughs) as we're getting this out to people it it doesn't seem like we've played that many sessions well you know (laughs) Patrick we actually have more than 200 if you can I was about to say we have dozens of of specials that we've also put out (laughs) so a little bit more than that even more you know just play episodes but yeah this is the official start of season four and indeed we do have a lot to celebrate we passed four years of podcasting under our our belts in uh, september august when when, when was our four-year anniversary yes august and it coincides with the birthday of of surfinder so Yes, yes, in August, and I remember, I remember that night recording. Well, we actually recorded it the week before. I think it came out, and this is like before. I think I even got my hands on the PDF for Dead Sons. <laughs> I was just like making stuff up as we went, but yeah. But besides season one characters, we we now have four seasons worth of characters and and NPCs and things we've added into these adventures a very fun uh, unbelievably fun patreon supported pathfinder second edition podcast edmund rolno crits and on this podcast alone on cosmic crit alone we have like 300 hours of of game time thank you everyone for for coming with me that long i (laughs) this podcast is very nice because it allows me to probably better keep track of how long i've played ttrpgs like in total <laughs> over my life because it's like well if i played 300 hours in four years and i've been playing for like 10 years you know but yeah we're, we're celebrating this week and this episode and celebrating our listeners as well we we have a new partnership with norse foundry that i'm very excited to to talk about they have been really awesome with helping out with CritterCon in the past and, and donating to that and they are looking to give away more dice and in partnering with them we have dice sets to give away as well as gift cards over 200 dollars in, in stuff we're going to be giving away for episode 200 and we're also going to be giving away uh, over 200 dollars in paizo gift cards and gift cards to the cosmic crit store so if you want to get some merchandise and to enter into these drawings just use hashtag cosmic crit 200 or some variation if something else becomes more popular on on twitter retweet this episode episode 200 or share it on facebook where you may and and blast in the the discord uh, spoilers channel once you've listened to this episode and or message us on Patreon if you're a supporter. Obviously, would probably still be playing... I'd like to think we'd still be playing Starfinder or some variation if we weren't podcasting, but you never know. (laughs) It's really because I think of our fans that we're pretty dedicated to to continuing on, I would say. 
Yeah, for sure. This this uh, whole project has been just such a joy and a treat to get to participate in, and uh, it's 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 the it's those beautiful beautiful listeners that make it all possible. Yeah, I mean we'd be having a fun time. You know, we we started playing before Starfinder came out. We were playing some some homebrewed Pathfinder action and. I don't know, will we still be doing that or doing something else? But I'd like to think we'd still be gaming, if not weekly, you know, in some form or fashion. But because of our fans, we're this is episode 200 (laughs) and like playing them is one thing. But then editing and getting them out and doing so every single week for four years, not taking any breaks is I I don't quite understand it because you guys have had children in that time. (laughs) You've had children growing up. We've endured all kinds of, you know, major life changes in in just four years. So a lot of changes in our personal lives, but also there's some changes in your characters and uh, we're not going to get into a a huge breakdown an entire episode of how they've changed from season one because we're just going to let that come naturally as we play the game but I mean you guys finished season one of Cosmic Crits in 2019 so that's in February over two years ago almost three at this point and simpler times (laughs) (laughs) I mean literally and figuratively because there were a lot less books and options for your characters and then you know all kinds of of crazy i think i don't think the com had come out yet even it was only 20 it was 2019 when we finished that it wasn't like february yeah it wasn't like 2015 that it finished it started started it was 2003 (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you you guys have changed your characters up a bit do you think when we started back in 2017, we'd ever be here revisiting these these season one characters again? I always kind of hoped so because I, I love Alindra. I'm really oh. excited to play her again. Yeah, it seems like you guys all love your season one characters. It's like <laughs> you made them, you know, with on purpose rose colored glasses. <laughs> and- well, it's, it's not just that. I think that I wasn't. I was not under the impression that we were going to be changing characters. So I made a character <laughs> that I wanted ever. to. Yeah. So I made a character <laughs> I would want to play and, and develop and which, which that, that obviously that didn't happen. I <laughs> have more characters under my belt, but uh, there, there's something about that. That first one. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Like Nack was kind of my first real TTRPG character. So I put a lot of, mm-hmm. put a lot of thought into him and then, yeah. you know, so, but like it's all the, the thought that went into that character that just never came up or never became a thing just because I didn't really understand how the game worked really. And, and it, it's interesting. Oh, that's, to, yeah. That's definitely a thing. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting to go back and, and look at, you know, <laughs> look at that season one character sheet and look at, you know, kind of remaking it for season four and and how much of it has changed, but how much of it is also the same. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really uh, it's it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. I, I, I mean, without spoiling too, too much, I don't think anyone's character has fundamentally changed from from what you guys listening have have heard in season one. But we've added on more stuff in the books that have come out just because it's, you know, doesn't make sense to 
have all the tools at your fingertips and not be able to touch two years worth of them. So new stuff. And then of course we have kind of a new character with Handus 148. We've we've had a very brief introduction to already, but I'm excited to get to to the actual introductions in the episode. But we we have to to start the episode to do that. There are a lot of stories to, to, to tell in this universe and with these characters. Like, we didn't really finish everyone's story in season one. And for the most part, you know, I think some of your characters, your stories were just beginning. You know, you're, you're kind of new adventurers and, and setting off on this adventure. So still a lot of stuff to continue on from the end of season one. And obviously, <laughs> because we have an entire adventure path worth of content coming in season four the universe isn't done with the drift rider crew so uh that was our ship wasn't it the drift rider (laughs) without uh further ado no more waiting guys ready to get into it yeah yeah let's go Uh, uh, this is episode number 200 of cosmic crit and it's called the The return Return of of the the Drift drift rider Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Welcome back to another Cape Crusading, awesome, avenging, super heroic story in this season's inaugural episode of Cosmic Crit. This is your episode 200 engaging GM Patrick here, and I'm pleased to announce your five players of tomorrow and children of the atom, my friends, and your players playing the amazing techno magic magician and scion of his house, Dramy Quindar, played by Miles. Say hello, Miles. Hello, everybody. He's got a cursed spear and a soldier's onslaught. It's Adros Veronis, played by Tyler. Yo, ho. She's the scariest sidereal object in the known galaxy. It's Alindra Vallis, played by Rebecca. Hello. He's not about to fall for your trap snacks. Not when Knackfeldspar is on the case. Played by Drew. Hey, Drew. Yo-ho. And last but not least, an entirely noob PC when it comes to saving the world, Andis148, played by Jerbert. I don't know how any of my abilities work. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've got a bookmark in the book, and I'm ready to look up rules as I come. I've got got, got my rule book open right here. I'm ready to read it in real time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is good to be back. We just recorded the intro for this episode, so we're primed. We've been we've been chatting for a bit. And I think listeners have been listening long enough. Are you guys ready to kickstart season four and drop immediately back into the action here in episode two hundo? Do it. Yes. We'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> two hundo. Nobody, nobody go back and listen to uh, Adras's previous voice and then compare it to this one and make sure <laughs> that I'm on. Just don't do that and we're good to go. <laughs> I'm, I am so happy to play a character that has my voice. <laughs> I was about to say, but the, and no, now you have to change it because everyone else's will be slightly different. I forgot to mention at some point in the last two years, there was a universe wide <laughs> that included all the NPCs you've ever met. Universe wide <laughs> voice modulation sound wave. <laughs> it, was a, it was a 
special laryngitis. <laughs> everyone got. Everyone got it except it's, it's the gap too, but it was just about voices. I literally, I sat and I sat, I sat at like, I sat in traffic today at like stoplights and just kind of being like, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Tyler's crazy and talking to himself. I know. All right. All right. Well, you have uh, about 30 seconds, uh, 30 seconds to a minute of my intro to figure it out (laughs) as as we get onto it. This season of Cosmic Crit starts with a field of of black and small white pinpricks of light, points of light that seem to sway and shimmer in unison as they start side to side and, and slowly move in the same direction. Impossible stars that seem to form together as well as disappear into the darkness surrounding them. Almost swallowed up whole, but... We see these forms and and shapes twinkling like stars, but as we focus greater into our field of vision, where we see we are up in the sky, we're looking up into the dark night sky, but uh, a light is being shown from above. Indeed, an angelic illumination that shows a sky of snowflakes descending upon a snowy world, and this light pierces these clouds and and snowfall bursts through the icy heavens and we see brand new purple and green paint of the retrofitted frame and the the souped up engines of the one of the only adrift rider yay the vessel seems to shake a bit as massive builds up of ice crystals form over its transparent aluminum windows and its main fuselage As it pulls a corkscrew maneuver, it sheds some of its ice weight and its flight path straightens out a bit as it seems to be descending from low, low orbit and pierces the the greater cloud coverage. And beneath it, you guys can see whiteout mountains, snowy flora coming into view far below, along with the distant lights that eventually focus into what looks like small frosty settlements. Up high in the slopes, you pass over as, as you get closer to the ground, very cheerful, hollow billboards rising out of the, the snow-covered ground. And they, they show picturesque, wintry scenes of, of quaint villages amongst the snow-capped peaks, various sa- uh, sapient species doing winter sports, and there's ads for cozy log cabins equipped with what looks like state-of-the-art technological home upgrades. In in real life, you see partially constructed communities dotting the planet's kind of mountainsides and valleys and vast amidst vast forests of these cerulean coniferous trees, kind of a, a dark blue color rising up from these settlements along magnetized ski lifts that line the, the mountainous terrain. Your starship descends, its external lights flooding the snow below, and the ship's exhaust downward thrusting into the landing zone, a, a blast of snow in all directions. The exit ramp forms outside your your ship's entrance, and the airlock opens, and we see a, a week old stale air escaping, and our first of a few figures emerging from within. First up, through the door, 
we see a hulking silhouette carrying a large battle spear, his spiky head, bulky armor, telling us this is indeed Edros Varanis making his way through. Tyler, how are you doing? Bronk, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You got it. All I ask for when we come to places like this, simple weather reports. What do I need to wear? What do I need to be dressed as? I, I still have no idea. I'm in armor. <laughs> <laughs> you might be coming straight from from Akaton, so you ha- you're you're dressed for the opposite. Hot, <laughs> hot weather. You got like a dusty poncho on. Yeah. How how is his Edros handled being off of your own ship back on the, the Drift Rider and back with the old gang. Well, it's always nice to have a competent crew and not have to deal with his own ship. Uh, if, if, if people don't remember, Dross isn't very useful on a ship. Uh, I mean, he can do he's, he, he can do very little things. Like, he would be the guy trying to, you know, patch something together, but he's just he's just swearing the whole time and eventually just devolves into him hitting it until it works somewhat. And that's very much <laughs> what his ship is a, a patchwork of years of, of service that he's been doing. And so it's nice for him to not have to worry so much about the engineering or the piloting. Uh, to, the, to him, a lot of this flying around with the crew is leisurely. So he, mm-hmm. he's, he's enjoying that very much. Next up, stepping through the, the portal of the Drift Rider is another powerful figure with a moat of pure purple light lighting up a Lashanta face. Rebecca, how excited are you to explore an icy planet coming from the steamy world of Castroville? I am really uh, glad that I picked up Corona as a stellar revelation because that gives me <laughs> cold resistance. So that'll be yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I think similar to Adras, Alindra is really excited to be back with this crew because while she has been all over the galaxy for the last four years, um, it's mostly been with, you know, students and fellow professors and, you know, scientist-y kind of people. This this probably feels a little more like a vacation, you know, like a little more adventurous and exciting and less about just, you know, the studies. As you come out, Adros tries to use your moat to warm up his hands. He st- still doesn't understand how that works and <laughs> thinks maybe it'll give off some heat for him. I think it's got to be as warm as a light bulb, yeah, at the very least, right? I mean, oh. it's like an off LED light. light bulb? Like an LED light bulb, yeah. So, <laughs> Perfect. you know, not freezing cold technically. <laughs> Is there any info uh, on on this planet that you've you've landed on that... Alindra has that that you want to share is a uh, kind of a an uncharted world and a fairly new colony. Yeah, I think um, stepping out, Alindra would um, address Adras um, actually uh, in response to his complaints that no one shared with him that this was going to be so cold and say, actually, Adras, I tried to warn you. This is not a very friendly planet. Um, it's It's got a really bad atmosphere and it's very, very icy. Really should have planned for, for, you know, the cold a little bit. And the people who first discovered this planet, they left pretty pretty quickly. They, they were not very impressed. To be fair, when you explained all of that, I think you used like a hypo word or something. And I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. So I just assumed... It was allergic to something. 
Yes, I apologize. I'll, I'll watch my vocabulary around you yeah. from now on. Could, yeah, I, I would have, yeah, just like a very cold or like, a, you know, colder than an ice cube, warmer than a heater. That's kind of where I live. <laughs> Is Adros in swim trunks and like a an unbuttoned shirt right now? Do you have like, <laughs> are you sporting a, a surfboard and some yeah. sunscreen on your nose? Are you like yeah. way well, prepared or? Is it more? Is it morning or is it nighttime? Yes. I mean, it's dark out right now. At the very no, least. Oh, okay. Well, if it was morning, he's probably still in his pajamas. <laughs> okay. Uh, coming up behind you two, cutting a smaller figure, but perhaps an even more confident and perhaps imposing one at the same time. A small rodent, a cheek pouched form of none other than Knack Feldspar, Knee, Sizrak. Drew, tell us, tell us all about Knack. Hey. All right, Evie, just settle down. We'll get you some environmental protections as soon as we get there. Uh, there's a lot going on on this planet. Just remember, they're doing some terraforming. They're trying to, to turn this in. This same company uh, just just did a whole island thing on another planet. It's It'll be fine once we get there. Everything will be good. Just I just want you to remember this moment because I'm going to ask you about it later because we're going to make some notes. It's going to be great. We're going to use it in the next picture. Gotcha. I would rather be at the island place if we're being honest. Can we go there next? We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. One of the reasons, and we'll get to it in a bit, is there were some ancient ruins discovered on this planet as they're they're setting up this this snowy resort. But indeed, why couldn't your luck have held through from last season where you survived the stellar degenerator and uh, those ruins have been on a beach resort world that would have been a little bit a nice little change of pace would have following through behind drew aka knack of course a cleaner cut perhaps more sharply dressed human than than we've we've seen before on the show miles tell us about Raimi. what's he do as he disembarks from the drift rider for the first time in years with now uh, three Starfinder friends in front of you. Raimi is is stoked. I mean, he's, he walks out kind of stretching like, Whoo, feels great out here. <laughs> and I mean, he definitely is just in extremely high spirits. He's very excited to be back with the, his, his old crew. Obviously, you know, there are some people he's spent a lot more time with than others these last few years. And he's honestly is genuinely curious about this planet because he knows that part of the reason that they're here is, you know, of the, the rumored ancient alien tech on it, particularly that might belong to a race called the, the civs, <laughs> which are non, they're now extinct uh, species of aliens responsible for the creation of the doomsday weapon that we knew as the stellar generator. And all we knew really know about them is they were extremely technologically advanced and they they relied on on that tech and warred with another mysterious race called the Kishli. And yeah, and you, so, you guys have seen a lot of Kishli tech up front, but technically the only Civ tech you've seen close up was the Drift Rock. The you never got down to the Stellar Degenerator to, you know, kind of play around with the doomsday weapon. <laughs> yeah, so so I mean Raimi Raimi's excited he hasn't driven the the drift rider in forever and he's just like yeah, still handles like the glove. He's walking by Nack and you you hear like a little, you know, a little high five going on there. 
And yeah, he's just, he's, he is excited to be kind of adventuring again. At last, but not least, as we've only met characters we've really seen before this, all the light in the airlock becomes completely blocked as a very large metallic arm as uh, thick as a, a tree trunk emerges and then a very large leg just one by one body parts emerging from a powered armored torso and sitting in a, basically a small mech suit at the very top is a, a small bluish gray androids face. Uh, Jabert, tell us, we, we have met Andas 148 before, right? Yes. <laughs> if, oh, yeah, yeah. A little if people, bit for, for like a hot second. Yeah. If people skipped junkers delight you are excused it's 10 episodes we did right before this episode but and does 148 pops up in there for some reason i decided that was a the time to to show him (laughs) show them off uh yeah yeah so andis steps forward and has a big smile on their face just glad to be a part of anything Seems like a good place to be. These seem like some nice folks. Everything is going to go great on this mission. He's pretty sure. He doesn't recall anything going bad ever before. This is great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the worst thing that's happened to you is you've, you passed out for a small time on Akaton and I mean, you made some new friends in the junk. Right, right. I, I went over there. I crawled around in some garbage. I turned into a big, a big junk monster for just a minute and then <laughs> made some friends and then left those friends nearly killed a couple of like uh, level two characters honestly worse things happen in vegas it's fine <laughs> right right i mean you know what's a little almost murder between friends you know yeah but you i always say you've yeah. uh been kind of gifted a <laughs> a suit of of armor from uh, maybe maybe partially funded from Starfinders, maybe some of your friends here, but definitely the the founding nineteen have expressed interest in not having <laughs> your corporeal form uh, be disintegrated or destroyed in any way. So they've, <laughs> I'm sure, footed some of the 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 funding to to get your AC up. <laughs> yeah, there was a. Uh... Yeah, I think I think maybe maybe the previous occupant of this body did some work on it, but uh, mm. certainly certainly uh, would have needed a little fungible assistance, as uh, that 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 old uh, mechanics bay was not making any money for sure. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know parts parts aren't cheap, and then of course there's there's still one more member of the Drift Rider crew coming out behind you guys. Is it the dog? Uh, Mr. No, I imagine he's back on Versys because, you know, I'm never going to kill a dog, but the ship could explode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had I had I had told the idea of making him like a familiar type situation. <laughs> but <laughs> Go get him, Mr. McScruffins. Uh No, out from behind. Patrick, if this the, is Rob Bob, I will never forgive you. <laughs> out from behind the large form of Andes 148 is a, a small figure that climbs up on your backside and just kind of sits down behind your metallic co- collar is a, a space goblin with a, a cracked dome helmet that looks like a fishbowl. Everyone say hello to Caddy Wampus. It's Caddy Wampus is back. <laughs> Hi, Caddy Wampus. You guys forget about Caddy Wampus? 
I and and he said, I can't remember which one died, him or Collywobble. <laughs> they both start with C. I made it very confusing for myself. I probably <laughs> confused them in that Collywobble is the one that died. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I would like to imagine I'm just dragging around the dead body of Kaliwabo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kaliwabo turned into Kali mixer, Wobble right? Kaliwabo just makes the light. <laughs> Spoilers for Junkers. A lot just happened um, right there for the setting. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry, everyone. I've really convoluted this timeline. <laughs> You've got to, uh, someone needs to update the wiki for some of these things. We uh, have a wiki? Yes, of course. Our, um, our friends over at Non Center Action have uh, a big one, big, big one. Uh, this is the Drift Rider crew, Cattywampus, you know, taking a look around the snowy setting here, says, oh, This is what seven years of terraforming looks like. You give me just two comets and a, a few A-bombs and a tow line, I can make this place livable in three years. Four tops, maybe a quarter of the planet is non-irradiated. I would prefer to walk around without having to use environmental protections all the time. Well, yeah, no, one quarter would be completely fine to walk around in. One quarter is better than none. Yeah, the, true. the entire planet's cold and I don't like it. I. I might stay in the ship for part of this adventure. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> We'd be okay with it, but I need somebody to hold the camera. <laughs> no, I feel like you could have some kind of robotic assistant that did that for you. No, that's, not anymore. We're not doing that this time. Stowed away on the ship, and it will come out at a, an opportune time. No, you guys. Glad I had level thirteen spells. You guys have been doing some solo adventures for the last few years. This is three years after the end of Dead Suns, maybe even longer because we had a coda that was many months later. You've gotten together, you know, a few times, all five of you together for some side quests, some short vacations, interviews, things like that. But yeah, time has flown by and the times for your PCs have changed and circumstances have changed. I absolutely hate when shows do time jumps and then they just cut out years of character building or, you know, the stories that you might be more interested in, the, the ones between the world ending. And uh, I wish we could do an entire season of just like, what have you guys been up to? But this is that doesn't that's not super exciting uh, radio content. So. It's what we're doing here. We're, we're doing a, a time jump from the end, basically, of season one to right now. And and times have changed. Alindra, you are no longer a student anymore, correct? Correct. You are now a professor emeritus at Cabaret mm -hmm. on Castravel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Edros, you're, you're, you're working the, the freight lanes with, with your own starship, your own crew. Is that right? I'm a cosmic trucker through and through now. <laughs> From pirate to trucker. And I've, and I've got the body of someone who eats junk food seven days a week to prove it. <laughs> uh, there's one button on your, your armor that's just like holding on. <laughs> sheer magical strength, technomagical yeah, strength. This is not the armor that he was wearing at the end of Dead Sons. No, no, no. We had to buy a whole new set and a whole new measurements to get. <laughs> no, every, every couple of hours, I'm going to make 
Rami have to cast mending on that that single button? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that costume has to have a a fort save just to to try to hold on or will save oh, maybe I don't know. It's really got to hold on. Rami, you've you've been living some corporate lifestyle on Versys, Knack, mm-hmm. Absalom Station, but you guys have also been been teaming up in, in corporate ventures throughout yep. the years. And Andis, you were last seen running around naked on Akaton, RE, our discussion about Drunker's Delight. That's <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't I could not not introduce Andis 148 naked <laughs> like we like we got to see Andis 147 for the first time. But yeah. I remember you being kind of upset with me that you were like, no, Jabert, you can't just be a naked android running around. <laughs> well, I was like, you should probably get some armor. You can show some clothes on or something. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, like, when you're not in combat, but... <laughs> I'll give, I'll give you a plus two on intimidation. That's, that that yeah. would scare me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. but eventually running around like running around like a Ken doll will catch up to you. <laughs> uh, that's what my mom always told me. That's uh... <laughs> yes, but, but besides you guys is doing every once in a while team ups. You guys have not really been together as a group for a few years, but you've gotten calls and heard through the grapevine from various sources of a disturbance that seems to kind of connect you all together again. Alindra, you, you've had a, a tip from a colleague, Alibians 21-2, that there is a treasure trove, a, a very possible potential discovery site of, of an ancient civilization on this planet you guys are, are now on, uh, Jedirat. Planet Jedirat. And Raimi, you can confirm that maybe in your your text thread that all five of you are on your internet, interstellar text thread, that indeed some of these internal reports that have come up through um, the initial colonization of this planet said they could be Civ technology, they could be related to the Drift Rock, and Knack, your family, Corp, is very deeply tied with this resort development deal here, and, and you've been fed reports as well that they are in need of immediate assistance. Dollar above uh, board, my family's connection to this place, just, uh, you know, if yeah, things are a little dusty, don't uh, don't don't look too, too bad on us. You don't have a controlling interest in in this this company but you do have a majority in interest so you're you're a, you're pretty big in in charge here it draws an andis one for eight like i said i kind of imagine you guys are just getting done with this small vacation on akaton where <laughs> where andis had uh, gone following perhaps some visions but yeah you, you guys both were together when you got a call from an old friend, uh, maybe sitting in your dusty ponchos on on the ship, the the deck of Adrosses, your your ship. Uh, when you get this message, and you you all across the the galaxy get it, kind of, you know, maybe a day or so apart. But it is a call from Chiskisk of the Starfinders, the Sheeran Bugman with a plan that helped. Didn't really do a whole lot, but indeed helped guide you towards unraveling a, a murder mystery on Absalom. Ah, uh, yes, the host with the most. The, mm. <laughs> the quote-unquote incident at Absalom Station. 
an undead coup with the corpse fleet, an interstellar suicide pact with the cult of the devourer, and last but not least, of course, you helped stop the ultimate weapon in the universe from falling into the wrong hands. So, you know, just a few things under your belt and a little bit of history between you and Chiskisk from long season time one. listeners. Longtime listeners may be a little confused by the name. It's Chex Mix. Chiskisk. Um, <laughs> just just to jog okay. some yeah, we, we were the we were the first ones to make that joke, by the way. That was our first <laughs> first ones. <laughs> well, let's say we, we kinda have to be because we started like when <laughs> Starfinder started. Now we're just now we sound like the old men of uh, of Starfinder. But yeah, sure. You made Chex Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, the message is is like a pre-record once because it's going through a lot of space, but it has Chiskis just sitting at his desk in the Starfinder Tower saying, Greetings, Driftrider crew. Uh, wherever this missive finds you, I'm unaware if, if you all have been briefed or not, if, if you're still reading some of your Starfinder literature, but uh, there has been a distress call from the colony planet of Jedirat. It, it raised an alarm with me as... We know that there are indeed ancient ruins that have been scouted by the Starfinders on, on neighboring systems, but we have not been able to access Jedirat yet. We have been blocked by some corporate red tape, but there was an independent Xenoarchaeologist dig when the planet was found, and the ruins were said to exhibit potential similarities to the drift rock that you all investigated. Uh, of course, you all are experts on that subject. No one in the Starfinder Society has better first-hand experience than you all. So if you have an interest in investigating Jedirat, and if indeed there is any connection to the designers of the Stellar Degenerator, well, we would like to know, obviously. Those ancient ruins, they could be extremely important. I, I read you all might have some interest in the colony in there, but if you could supply the society with a report as, as honorary venture captains, it would go a, a long way in advancing our knowledge of this tech. And if you're able to confirm, you know, just who built these structures, whether it was Kishali or the enemies of them, the, the Civ, or some other ancient empire we've not heard about, well, I would owe you even more than I do now for, for all your help in saving the galaxy. Anyway, if this if this finds you and you're already on your way, thank you. Uh, good luck, and please bring me back a souvenir. This is Jack's make. I mean, just just Gisk signing off. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny that that corporate red tape was holding it up when you have two corporate people in this group who could have possibly helped out with that. Yeah, that's that's well, why I explained that you have a majority interest, but not commanding, not overriding interest in well, said company. The, the thing we have to understand about this is that, you know, though Feldspar does have a, a stake in this, we're not the only one. Quindar worked with New Horizons Luxury Retreats to help found this this gig. I uh, did it seven years ago, so it's been a while, but you know who was in charge of the company at that point, Raimi? Mm -hmm. uh, so I did some I did some digging both on the, the main info sphere and the deep sphere and uh there's, there's some folks out there that think that you might be involved in this and that all of the stuff about about your 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 parents uh, running the company could just be all an act. So uh, be careful. Maybe uh, uh, you're, you're a face that's kind of hard to hide, but 
you know, maybe uh, play it cool for a little bit. Yeah, incognito is not really my style anymore, but you're right. I've been looking for the remnants of this for a while because something has never quite sat right with how we ended things with the Stellar Generator. I, I felt that there was always more to it. And I mean, you know, I've been looking for for something for a while, and I would not be surprised if there was more to the story than, than we know. I don't well, know how you can be unsatisfied with that ending. That explosion like literally lit up the pack worlds. It was seen from like further away than I can count, which I know I've that's seen not the very videos. far. But... It was very cool, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, in either case, we're both involved in this in some level. So <laughs> we just we gotta we gotta put our nose to the ground and, and get to it. Uh, I'm happy oh, to I, help I you see. out. And I'm sure I'm sure this will all be, we'll be able to take care of it and document it and clear everybody's name and you guys will get past your red tapes or blue tapes or whatever kind of tape you might have. Yeah, there's a lot of different colors. Raimi just pats a draw to the back and is like, I've missed you, man. <laughs> oh, I missed you too. I've <laughs> seen a tape that can hold a boat together. Whoa! Like my boat? It was extremely flexible. It was very flexible. <laughs> Pretty cool. Like all tape is. A, a man on the vid screen was shouting about it very loudly. <laughs> I bought 5,000 cases. I don't know why. But now, if your boat has any holes or even if it's sawed in half, right? it's good to go. It doesn't work on starships. It does work on boats. <laughs> Specifically fiberglass ones, which right. aren't made. It only works much. on fiberglass. Um, so <laughs> listeners might be confused why you guys have so much uh, player information. We Before we started playing, I'll let you guys roll some culture, life science, and physical science about this this planet because you guys knew you're going here and yeah. yeah like i said both feldspar corporation and, and quindar inc or conglomerate have had some vested interest in in this planet even even before dead suns because like i said it was kind of discovered in seven years no i guess it's eight or nine years ago from from this year Absalom reckoning, no, Absalom time. It's the year 320 when, when this adventure starts. And I'm sorry, I just have to, I just have to brag. Mm-hmm. That's a 45 culture check for Knack. Mwah. I, <laughs> I, I love having skill ranks again. <laughs> yeah. A number in the 40s is almost literally impossible for a draw <laughs> to reach. <laughs> Baller. Almost. I yeah, can, so you, if I squeak, a, if I roll a 20, I can squeak a 40 on a few, a few. It's one of the reasons why I, uh, Feldspar <laughs> Co. has has more vested interest perhaps than Quindar. But yes, you, you knew a great deal. You, you've had some internal reports, Knack, about this place. A lot of them coming from a, a representative of this subsidiary company known as the... New uh, Horizons Luxury Retreats. And as you guys step off of the Drift Rider, you see some like coming soon and, you know, very picturesque hollow billboards of like advertisements of what it's going to look like. But a lot of the buildings as you're walking forward do have construction equipment around them. But for the most part, this area that you've landed on is completed. You'll ever see the movie Screamers? 
Yes, several times. This this reminds me of the movie Screamers. <laughs> I just I, I just keep thinking about how this this uh, company is just a blatant ripoff of Animal Crossing. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed the newest of Horizons. This it's <laughs> come out before Animal Crossing New Horizons. Probably not announced, but yeah. So there's indeed a luxurious log and stone buildings that that you pass by and the snow is coming down it's it's not too bad but it it looks like it it could get a little bit worse here and at the the top of this little community where you've you've parked your ship is a very large wood and, and, and glass chalet kind of at the the top that is is warmly lit and you're pretty sure that's where indeed you'll find the the representative for feldspar co that that you've been speaking with knack at the the top of this this mountain that is overlooks what's known as hardpack valley hello we're here obviously you know who i am you know who we are let's just get this started knack reaches out his hand in a a friendly business handshake Nack Feldspar here to to try to take a take a look at what's going on here. So what what can you tell us about what's going on? Yeah, as you pop inside, there are a number of kind of business, professional, corporate kind of entities, you know, walking around. Uh, you know, you receive some some handshakes, a few d- dismissive responses as they seem a little busy here, but as a a very warm two-story alpine lodge you guys pop into covered in, in gleaming solar panels and inside what would be you know probably a nice rest area perhaps there's you know what looks like would be a a gift shop of sorts a, a general store a fireplace with chairs it does seem to have been kind of uh, commandeered as there's no guests you don't see anyone except people that seem to be working here and the the gift shop has laid out in it a lot of medical supplies that looks to be a, a makeshift first aid station upstairs where there's like recreation tables for different hollow games there's like maps and what looks like emergency supplies and things laid out on on those tables if you do introduce yourself like that knack obviously there, there's some people that know your name there and they bring you up to like the the second floor in in a large office i'm sorry some people <laughs> oh, uh, maybe that's that's the time to introduce what what have you changed your <laughs> theme to because <laughs> the themes are one things i did ask if you specifically wanted to change for your characters because this three-year time skip from the end of of season one i feel like i mean I kind of reinvent myself every three or four years in in certain ways. What, what's your theme now? Uh, Knack is an icon. Um, <laughs> oh no! What have just, I? What just, have I wrought? Just fits. It just fits. See, Knack and Ramy, they 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 have done uh, quite a bit over the years that that everybody will get to know uh, soon. But in that time, they have worked to not only promote their names but the names of the entire drift rider crew so at this point next name is ubiquitous across the packed worlds yeah so the same way that perhaps edros <laughs> was the most well-known member of the drift rider 5 at first coming off of the stellar degenerator 
maybe you did more press or you had a yeah. better PR agent. I think so, because Adras is not an icon anymore. He just kind of, he went off and did random other things. And <laughs> I, I've rolled some culture checks for some of the, the people in the lobby. One of them doesn't recognize you, Drew. <laughs> yeah, I've rolled an agile one on the culture check. Uh, the culture check to recognize me is reduced to to five. <laughs> yes. So if they, if they lose it at that one, then uh, they've been out on... Uh, Arctic research stations for too long. <laughs> yeah, everyone point and laugh at that nerd. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 this is this is so absolutely pin, pinnacle knack where one one white collar guy doesn't know who he is and he's just like, no, nah, this is not okay. I'm gonna get out a pamphlet <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. This guy has name. got to know my name. One of you did, one of the you didn't uh, see the Drift Rider three return to the Stellar Devourer. <laughs> What <laughs> one of the interns is like leading everyone upstairs, and you're you're still like talking to this person's like, are you serious? <laughs> Do you not have the info sphere here on? You general? know, you've I'm got real Robob energy, and I want you to know that that's a bad thing. <laughs> Pack up your stuff. Get the prunk out of here. You're fired. I don't have that authority technically, but I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> Max got that oh. Karen energy you're so much about. <laughs> uh, no, but yes, speaking he does of have caring energy, caring about his image, caring about the image of everyone around him. Anyway, Care, uh, caring about making sure that he gets that free blooming onion at Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> it was it my was birthday. Not, it was not cooked <laughs> to my specifications. Ultra crispy. No, entering into the 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 large office on the second floor you do see someone perhaps with some more Karen energy than you guys here's some art for Asafina Knott the the corporate honcho in charge here or your liaison with Feldspar Co and uh, she is a an older human woman who looks a lot younger perhaps than than she is there's there's a lot of altercations perhaps a little bit of plasticness to her her complexion as she invites you guys in and invites you to to have a seat she indeed has a cybernetic optical implant in her left eye and gives her the appearance though not true alindra heterochromia (laughs) and uh, she wears a, a slate gray suit with the the chalet's kind of insignia on it. She looks like an Oompa Loompa had a personal trainer and went to fashion school. <laughs> yeah, she fashion, she's, fashion school she's on, and uh, got her uh, MBA. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's walking around looking at all the designs and being like, you know, make it work. <laughs> make it work, everyone. Uh, have does, two hours. Does Nack know Asafina? If you've not met her before, you've communicated as she is one of the people that has, you know, invited you here along with reaching out to to everyone for for aid as they've they've had perhaps a bit of a disaster, something that, you know, if if it gets out to the the press could really hurt the stock before this place even technically opens. So yeah, she she invites you into sit by a roaring fire and Kind of the, the relaxing part of her her office here has some some nice shades lounges and very comfy, floofy chairs. But uh, yeah, you walk past a, a park that is still unfinished wood, and there's some maybe some construction going on. And yeah, 
you see floor to ceiling, picture windows looking outside and you can see the, the drift rider maybe like 600, 700 feet uh, down the, the hillside. Seems to be picking up a, a little bit of a snowstorm here as drifts of, of fluffy white flakes kind of pass by this window. Uh, she'll go up and, and kind of introduce herself to, to everyone. And uh, yeah, I mean, she has a very polished exterior, but she does seem to, to tremble a bit, perhaps, in, in, in shaking some of your, your hands. She makes very small pleasantries and asks about your, your drift trip and, and you know thanks you for coming out here. But she's interrupted by that. Obviously, the young human intern that doesn't know who Nack is arriving and silently handing you all steaming mugs of, of spice cider. She's like, oh, please, please. Uh, Enjoy. Uh, this is this is some of the resort's finest. As I said, my name is Esafina Not, and and I am in charge of of this part of the the construction, and showing off to clients some of the model chalets and 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 log cabins and amenities here that that we hope to have open in short order. Thank you very much for for coming, Mister Feldspar. Uh, and it's, it's very good to see you as well, Mr. Quindar and, and your associates. You are obviously a sight for sore eyes and then trying times. Well, we are not surprised that you gave us a call. Talked about this, Nack. <laughs> she, you know, kind of grips her snowflake pattern mug uh, a little too tightly. You can see maybe the, the white of her, her knuckles and... Um, she puts it down, maybe realizing it's it's a little too hot to hold like that, and and sighs as uh, she you know kind of looks in your direction, and um, you know raises her glass, takes a quick drink, and, and puts it down, and gives you a quick salute, and then she gra- uh, glances around the, the room, makes sure that no one's lurking outside her office. Not the starfighter salute, surely. No, just like a cheers <laughs> okay I, I was i was well whenever we talk about saluting and and and, and with this particular group of people we're talking about one motion only i don't so. think the entire universe knows the starfinder salute uh, I mean, at this, po- at this point it, it was such a big part of about six different infosphere films that uh i wouldn't be surprised right, <laughs> right. so she she you know gets a little candid here and says, oh, I mean, I, I don't know how much you, you all know, but I mean, well, the ruins, they were always a problem. This planet is indeed chock full of them. And, and when construction started years ago, we decided not to disturb them, but to, to build around them instead of, you know, tearing them down. Yeah, the idea was to add a, a little bit of local color to the to, to the project perhaps have some infographics or a museum a, a guided tour that kind of thing and we did our due diligence we we sent in initial teams to to mark the sites we'd found and and to explore them and they did not find anything of, of interest it was it was all absolutely destroyed so we, we set it aside but i mean we have no idea what the ruins are or or who or, or what or why they were built. We sadly don't have any information towards that end. So can I sense a motive? 
Oh, you can try. Is that something that invoices have? Can I sense motive on the cider? That I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, I was no, waiting. He's... I was I was waiting for Drew to do that. Uh, no pressure, Drew. But like technically, the first role of the, the campaign. So go go right ahead. Set, set the precedent, Drew. Yeah, first live roll for you. Ooh, it was close. It was close to a, a natural twenty, but uh, so that's going to be a twenty-eight. Yeah, she seems to be fairly forth with now when she was like greeting you and had pleasantries. You can tell she was in like 100% corporate stalwart mode, but seems to be a a little more personal now and and seems a little distressed as what she's telling you. Well, Um, so uh, you, you said you said that the the ruins always cause problems. What what exactly do you mean by that? What problems do they they cause? You said that you found nothing, right? No, but we we've had um, you know some some collapsed flooring where we did not detect them before, and in other places uh, we've we've been digging and they've damaged instrumentation. In total, we found about five or six different sites, and about a week ago. We discovered yet another, uh, another set in the valley below, in the hard-packed valley, and this this was different. This was not like the other structures. Uh, there was a walkway surrounding a passage that led deep into the underground, and so we immediately sent in a team to investigate, make sure it was structurally sound, because we had construction crews in that area, and we didn't want anyone to get hurt. But none of us expected to find anything unusual. This was the now the seventh of these ruins we had found. So New Horizons started drafting plans for, you know, because it was a, a larger site, an interactive museum that incorporated this this structure. If it was found to be sound, we could have little rides for the kiddos and, and really spare no expense. But the last communication we received from that team, well, it was disturbing, to be frank. I, I will send it to your devices right now. She taps on her data pad and... You get a little, like, bling, 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 as, as all your devices and comm units get this file uh, immediately. The the uh, team... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, Patrick, is my is my reaction to what I see, like... <gasps> reaction to the... The thing that she sends me. Oh, Do I well, gasp with, uh, with, with alarm at what I see? Do, do you, do you want to play it immediately, or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So, I mean, she can also, <laughs> I guess, show you on, on her data pad if, if no one has their comm unit handy. But it's maybe 60 seconds of video, and it, it seems to be using a very bad camera. So maybe like a comm unit's camera and, and being held in someone's hand. It, it's very shaky footage, and it, it kind of pans around, and you see a large circular room that seems to be crowded with machinery. And in the darkness, there's lights blinking uh, on what appears to be some kind of technological console. And it doesn't look like, you know, a starship or anything that you've been on. It doesn't look like Pact Worlds technology. It definitely looks like something something odd there, like odd configurations that, you know, wouldn't make sense for a humanoid hands. And yeah, the, the camera's operator flips the, the device around and you see a female uh, Coralou kind of bundled up in armor and, and thermal gear. And uh, behind her, you see a couple other humanoids huddling in, in a corner, kind of wrapping themselves up. And and she whispers in common into her phone, you know, we woke it up. 
there's a, a klaxon, a alarm sound kind of going off in the distance. Oh, oh, dear gods, the defenses are back online. The camera shakes violently and the footage ends. It's very, very short, minute long video. When was this video taken? It it was about a week ago uh, that we received it. It could have been recorded before that. They, they had been gone already a day or so. Uh, Tala, the, the team leader, had reported that one of her squad had somehow activated machinery within. And that's when our our equipment on the surface, it, it went berserk. But the comms went dark and then we received this message. And Tala said that perhaps the site's defenses, as crazy as this sounds, these ancient defenses were back online. I, I don't know what that means, but while it, it doesn't sound good and we've not been able to disconnect or, or hack into our devices or whatever's causing this disturbance. She takes a long kind of drought from her, her mug. Oh, and, and we haven't heard from them in, in a week. I, I refuse to send anyone else down there that doesn't have any kind of survival or, or, or training with these kind of things. And, and so I've, I've reached out to various organizations and including the stewards, but I, I've been told it will, it will take too long for, for them to get here. So I, I think you all were, were ready and, and willing. They, they have plenty of supplies. They, they went down there with enough to, for them to last, but they are researchers. They are, they're not trained combatants. If something has gone wrong, I'm afraid something might happen if, if they're, their rations, their water runs out. Well, lucky for you, cryptic death warnings are kind of our specialty. She'll, she'll put her drink down and kind of tap some other commands into her data pad and a holographic topographical map of the, the valley, including the chalet with you guys at the top of the mountain kind of come up and she has an area marked in red at the bottom of the, the valley. This is their last known location. And I realize... You know, you all might have have other interests in accepting this 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 mission, this rescue mission. I, I also reached out to the Starfinders, and I, I just, as you arrived, got a a reply back from a very very kind Sheeran. But yes, rescuing this team is utmost priority. You know, shutting down whatever's causing this this odd odd disturbance in our gear and. Well, I, I haven't any meteorological data, but it might be aggravating this the storm outside. If you can succeed, then we're we're able to to compensate you all for for the amount of time that you spent here. I'm willing to take pay in cider. Well, we have a lot of cider, so that is that is very good. That's good because I drink a lot of cider. Are are you all willing to head out now? Um, I'm I'm worried if we delay any longer, well, any time wasted might might be too late for for the team down there yes that can you is tell best. me ju oh, just please a couple of questions about this squad that was sent down there i i realize that they are researchers what is the focus of their research what were they attempting to find just well, structural integrity or were they investigating some historical component as well well yeah just investigating to see what they could could find we as i said i believe the initial Xeno archaeologists that surveyed this planet before it was sold to our corporation had found ruins, but nothing that was operational, nothing that was intact. So this is this is new, and we were perhaps not prepared for it. As I said, they are 
uh, mostly engineers that that have gone down there as, as well as um tala the the, the core you saw in the video has a, a bit of a, a multi-discipline you know xeno biology xeno archaeology past we also sent down a, an android and a, a kasathan as part of her team and, and uh they are they are professionals and would have had no problems exploring some of the other ruins that that we've come across, but this one is is much larger. And how many people were in that squad? Three. I think just three. Okay. Any any other questions about? Well, it is a, is a hard landscape, and the weather conditions are not optimal right now. I understand, but unfortunately, there's not any place currently to land a starship down there. You will have to trek on foot. I was about to say, oh, what a surprise, but this crew didn't do that, so. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Do you have any supplies that we could take with us? Just any kind of, of small vehicle, anything that you guys have, have have used throughout your 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 efforts here that would make that journey a little little quicker? Because we want to get there as fast as possible to help these people. We've we've used the maglifts in the past, and they were ready to to be in, installed but whatever is is down there in that valley seems to be not only messing with our comms but um sending some of our technology either into overdrive or shutting it down completely it's it's a bit too dangerous and i, I would not put you on one of those lifts unless i knew it was completely safe well i guess we're doing this the old-fashioned way gang you guys ready <laughs> It's, it's only a couple miles down into this this valley. So if you guys are already just fresh from your, your drift trip, she'll, you, I need, she'll I escort need, you down. Dross needs, like, needs like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. To do what? Get some stamina back. <laughs> yeah, he drank that cider and uh, <laughs> Ooh, it just went right through him. Took, took it, it out of him, huh? It was, oh, it was I forgot. Hot. I forgot. That was poison, so forged you to oh, oh, dang no. it. <laughs> oh, good thing I have that eel skin jacket. <laughs> oh, boy. No, one of, Ad- one of Adras's new things from his theme is that I can spend 10 minutes adapting my armor to suit different environments. Yeah, what, so. what theme are you rocking now? I'm a career trooper. Ooh. Which is actually from a very familiar book to all of us, Fate of the Fifth. I think we know the dude who wrote it or something like that. I'm sorry. And, I'm uh, sorry. Fate of the... Fate what? of the Fifth. I'm not going to lie to you, Tyler. I'm going to Google that and make sure that I did write it. <laughs> yes, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to double check. But like, did I write all this? It was a fugue state, I, I tell you. Right. Yeah. Hey. And so uh, one of that one of the yeah, one of those things from the, that theme is the ability to adapt my armor. Uh, and when I do, not only does it provide me some environmental protections against said climate, but whenever I'm in said climate, it reduces my armor check penalty by one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so s- stoked that you, you get to choose one of the very few themes that I, I created. Uh, what, what's the level 12 ability called, Tyler? <laughs> Oh, you're going to love it, Patrick. It's going to haunt you for the rest of the campaign. <laughs> it's called in. Uh, are you just trying to make me pronounce it? Is that? the Yeah, deal? I can never pronounce it. I wrote it. So. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it as a draw. So I sound less stupid as a person. Yeah, it's um, indefatigable. Indefatigable. <laughs> I don't think that's an actual <laughs> pronunciation, but you, saying it in character uh, makes it okay. Indefatigable. 
Yeah, indefatigable. Uh, it's the weirdest word <laughs> it does to say, but I was like, yep, I'm going to write this so nerds have to Google how <laughs> to pronounce. Oh, yeah. I'll just pronounce it wrong. Uh, indefatigable fun- means that once per day is a move action, I can regain a number of stamina points equal to my level plus my constitution modifier. Do they not? A nice. Do they not? check to make sure that the, the writers aren't making super overpowered abilities like that. No, How did that they go don't. through? No, they don't because it works in nicely with one of my my secondary fighting style, Blitch Soldier, which um, called Keep Fighting, which lets me regain as a move action, lets me regain stamina points equal to a certain number. So I just have a lot of stamina healing all of a sudden. It's, it's frankly awesome. Uh, that's that's great. <laughs> Everyone else, you guys uh, ready to, to move out? Yeah. yeah. As as you're getting ready, you know, getting your <laughs> stuff in your armor, maybe with some some souvenir, I don't know, sweaters. <laughs> what Is else there a keychain that says on it? Because he asked for a, a souvenir. <laughs> right. No, there's, there's only keychains. He is the rack that with all with all the <laughs> keychains. Mix, yes, Chiskisk, no, sorry. No, but you can you can steel yourself against the the cold but as as you're leaving some of the 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 hasty medics these these corporate folks with maybe a little medical training and in the gift shop come up to you and and hand you a a med box that has a number of healing items in that we've got first loot drop before you guys even start four white nanite hypo pins two green nanite hypo pins uh, we're going to bump these up to five Mark three serums of healing and a spell ampule of haste, as well as a couple of, you know, multiple weeks worth uh, of rations and cider. It draws grabs the <laughs> healing serums and he says, you know, knack, I ran into some poor people on Akaton who were using your brand of healing serums and they were <laughs> not working well. I think it was a bad batch or something, but, uh, Woof! I hope these are, <laughs> these are a good batch, right? You, we're not getting this. These aren't the cheap ones. These are, you know, I respect you. Brand. But if you ever say anything like that again, <laughs> we're gonna have words. I'm gonna sue you. That's so right. This is just secondhand knowledge. I was just going off the report that these Akatonian folks gave yeah, me, so you should have a talk se- with them. It's secondhand knowledge for third-party bootleg products. Certainly nothing that Feldspar would have created. Thank you and good night. Right. So it's only about two miles away, but it is dark, it is cold, and it's snowing out here as you guys make your way, armored or not, <laughs> environmental protections or not, into the uh, frigid, uh, cold air. We're talking uh, sub-zero temperatures. Um, bouts of extreme cold with the, the the winds you get some very powerful winds in including some that could technically knock down a knack drew why don't you give me a reflex save as you're you're walking first of all how dare you yeah i'm just gonna keep making you make rolls <laughs> no one else gets to play today yes wow. yes natural <laughs> two <laughs> uh yes though that is enough for a smaller, smaller creature to to get knocked prone. Perhaps as you guys are, are walking, you hear just your comms crackle <laughs> with neck, and you look back, and he's nowhere to be seen, and you have to pull him out of a, a very large yeah, I guess snow drift. I've got Kip up. I'm just gonna pop right up. It's fine. 
Have you, have you ever tried to get, get up in, in a snowdrift? It's uh, it hurts. <laughs> it, it, it's like getting out of a huge beanbag chair. All of a sudden, <laughs> you feel like a walrus, an 800 pound walrus. You're like, um, uh, as you're neck walking, does have a, a thermal capacitor, which is cutting through some of this cold. Oh, yeah. So do you have cold resistance? Uh, yeah. Doesn't the thermal capacitor? Yeah, it gives you five. Yeah. Yep. Good Heat, stuff. Uh, fire, fire and cold, fire, right? Fire had, and cold. I have one too. Great if you had wind resistance, but they don't. A- anyone that uh, cares to give me a mysticism check as as you're walking down into the the valley. Uh, sure. Oh no, roll two. <laughs> oh yowzers! Had to go ahead and get that one out of the way there, Patrick. <laughs> right. So, not gonna lie to you. Unfortunately, with a, a natural one, a natural three, <laughs> and some other lower ro- or low-ish rolls here, you don't really tell what's going on. Something does seem perhaps magical in the air. Something about this storm doesn't seem completely natural. You walk by another perhaps small settlement as you're you're getting down further into the valley and this one looks mostly complete and you do see maybe some lights flickering in in uh, fairly f- frightening ways as as you're you're walking past this settlement and you hear it sounds like singing coming from you know the small collection of five or six log cabins as you get closer you know just walking by on, on your way down into the valley you see what looks like glowing humanoid figures kind of standing out in the the snow, just looking in your direction. And I don't think, well, give give me a perception check. Everyone can give me a perception check. I'll I'll tell you what you see exactly here. I forget what level 13 perception checks look like, and they're still possibly all over the the place, but the, the highest we've got here, Knack, you've rolled a 34 in total. I think maybe you've Mac, I've missed you. <laughs> well, they, they just seem like they were part of the background at, at the top of the hill. These are, uh, you know, they're like, there are actually people walking around up there still like uh, human people. These are not, these are holograms of what look like carolers out in the snow that for some reason are on and just kind of singing a, a song out into the, the dark of the night. And you hear them saying, you know, Maybe just echoing up the hillside. This is it. It's where it's at. Enjoy your stay on Snowy Jatterat. Do, do these holograms have any kind of recording capability for anything that might have come through here? Definitely not. They're like an exhibit, maybe at uh, Disneyland. <laughs> They're like an animatronic kind of thing. And indeed, you, you hear further down perhaps as, as you're walking past this this small settlement, which seems mostly constructed, but you don't see any people. You hear a, a thwacking noise reverberating through these, these blue kind of pine trees. And you see, indeed, another very solid, non-holographic creature, what looks like a jaunty-looking lumberjack robot with, with pigtails kind of chopping down a, a tree. It seems to like start and stop at odd intervals as as you move by, though. It kind of like slowly turns in the darkness and, and looks in, in your direction. 
whatever programming it has indeed doesn't look like it's going through its its robotic brain hundo percent well i hope this isn't what they plan on doing at release because this is more freaky than fun <laughs> make me another perception check as, as you get maybe uh, three quarters of the way to to your locale <laughs> all right Goodness. so I'm discovering I'm just going to I'm going to have to kill Knack first because he's <laughs> it's going to save you guys from every trap in, in known history. Well, Drew, you also rolled a no, 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 19 here, but a 41 maybe after getting knocked down. You just speaking like, of I can't roll expertise on perception checks. <laughs> yeah, maybe after getting knocked down by the wind, you, you have to like walk towards the, the front of the, the party. But as as you get down into Hard Pack Valley, you spot a a chasm snowed over, but you can see just like a dip in the, the path ahead as you disturb the snow by it. Like a huge amount just kind of falls into this wide 10 foot gap in, in the, the rock face. <laughs> Unbelievably, <laughs> 160 feet deep with, with brittle icy walls, but neck stops everyone from from advancing forward and you guys can find a way around it pretty easily but why didn't we we get to start with a very fun trap for the campaign oh because knack is is the seal oh <laughs> no <laughs> not not fall damage being negated how <laughs> dare you but yeah as as you you get the the terrain levels out here in the valley uh, before you, you see a much larger construction site you know, a sprawling kind of swath of, of the forest cut down and you see various cabins and structures some look completed and others like they've just laid down like the the bare kind of like walls you can tell like there's no doors or windows or anything on them so the snow is, is drifting in and out and at the center of this small village square is a is a very large, perhaps one of the largest coniferous trees that you, you've seen here on the planet so far. I'm sorry. Did you say coniferous or carnivorous? Ooh, spoiler warning. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. <It's both. laughs> Welcome to the first stop. No. Uh, coniferous. Uh, there's A-frame log structures. Some are made with metal and glass. You see others have silver solar panels and tons of construction equipment and materials just kind of lying in, in snow-covered piles. Yeah, most of these look like very, very high-end. They all have like their own decks and things like that. But as you continue here, this seems to be the location around where the entrance to the this underground ruin is located. What would you guys like to do here? Can we investigate the entrance? Well, you don't see it just on the the outskirts. Are are you interested in heading into town, as it were? Any objections? Nope. No. You see some metal sculptures, kind of of like little cavorting squawks beneath this huge, huge tree in the the center of of town. And uh, a sign as you enter that says Snowdrop Village, established 320 AG. It's the, the current year. Taking a look, I guess first thing, why don't you give me a life science check for, for this huge tree? Yeah, this is this is where Nat 
is not going to help. <laughs> While everybody's looking at the tree, you just hear a draw say, Man, I wonder how many Chalamets you could make out of just this one tree. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone's getting their bad rolls out. This is going to be a bad, bad one. Yeah, so you're not sure exactly why perhaps this tree is, is so large, but it definitely stands maybe like 10 feet above just about every other tree you've seen on this planet. And at the very least, w- with that roll, you know that these these kind of look like the trees you've seen in the packed worlds, but obviously they're blue, so they are different. <laughs> yeah, you see another kind of in the distance glowing blue light of, of holographic caroling elves and, and humans with pale skin. And, and you hear some more of that, that faint song kind of spreading out over the the town you know it's a cold dark night full of bright blue trees freezing winds will blow as they please come in from the storm and have some tea to keep you warm it's snowy on jetterat it's always snowy on jetterat yeah so as you guys are moving through and looking around i think it's time to move you on to a new map first map of the season yeah. Uh, of a, a hard pack valley. Oh, yeah. map first impressions. You see here in the, the town center, a very large tree. There's construction equipment, and you are, you, I think, Ramy maybe rolled the highest on the mysticism check. I forget, but you do feel like something magical, mystical in the air. Is it the Christmas holiday season or is something else going on? Definitely the wind is still pretty extreme out here. This area seems to be free from a lot of the larger snow drifts leading down into the valley. Maybe it's got a little bit of like rocky coverage around you guys, but that that is what you see here. Heat. Well, uh, doors on the left, doors on the right, doors down the middle. Any preference here? Do I have any... Uh map information or anything that I could reference to to sort of figure out where we are and what might be the most ideal place to go. And you've you've seen like tons of schematics. Most of them are, you know, just based on the terrain that they're building around, but almost all the buildings are kind of laid out the same. The the one that looks the most complete is immediately like to your right when you come in and as a, a corporate expert, perhaps you can you can tell this seems to be like the model home for this area that they complete first, just to have something to, to show if someone wants to, to buy one. Uh, so the Sudden Valley Chief Complex is is over there. You guys want to start there? Why not? It all looks the same to me. Adros will head over to that area and try to open the door. Wait, is it this one that Alindra is at or is it? Nope, this the one that Dross is moving to. As you guys are, are moving over in that direction, the wind picks up crazily again. Like, might have to grab Knack and stop him from from moving. I'm not and cold, I just can't stand up! And As you're moving forward, it seems to whip into, like, a, a miniature tornado immediately to your, your side. And then another one forms maybe immediately behind you guys as these guys show up. Oop. Some huge humanoid figures that look like they're just made out of wind. 
Oh boy. I think you know what time it is. It is initiative roll time. Click on Yay. those character tokens. Let's make an initiative roll. Well, let's see what these season four characters have. I'm very, very afraid. Extremely afraid. Oh, I rolled. I rolled okay myself. But <laughs> I'm scared, Tyler. What did you roll here? Oh, you rolled 19 a, on the roll 19. For, okay. Right. For a 31. That makes sense. Oh, you got 31. I was like, oh no, what has he done to his character? Dross is not slow. <laughs> yeah, and you're not slow on the the up beat here as as soon as you go to that door you sense perhaps these things coming up behind you as you turn around that is what you see huge towering 15 foot tall visages that seem to be made of snow and air kind of staring in your guys's direction in your your friend's direction Ramy quindar is like the closest at the back of the party oh no uh, what would you like to do tyler uh do they look threatening? They look like winds that could cut you in half, indeed. Cut you down to size. It's nice playing a character that's like mostly hit first, figure out if maybe you shouldn't have hit him later. <laughs> Is that what you're going to do? Are you, are you going to hit first? We're going to hit first. So we're going to use. What is. We're gonna, well, okay. We're going to use move action to move. To move next to Knack. And then we're going to use charge attack to charge this being here. All right. This this formed up elemental creature of some sort. Yeah, you, yeah. you go before him. He doesn't seem to get off an attack of opportunity as you move right in. All right. And now, you're thanks making... to soldiers. Thanks, hmm. thanks to soldiers onslaught at the end of a charge attack. Not only do I not take a minus two penalty to charging to my AC, but in fact, I can attack twice at the end of this. God, that seemed made up. <laughs> Char- what yeah. what level is ability is this? It's, it's like level six or something like that. That's so well, Soldier's Onslaught is level 13, actually, so there you go. Oh, and that, that's part of Soldier's Onslaught where you can also make three attacks. Two attacks. Yeah, so it's three attacks for a full attack, but two attacks at the end of a charge. Funny. Yeah, soldiers are pretty good. Uh, Thirty-four to hit. I'm sorry, it's not part of soldiers on. So I just want to make sure I'm, I remember what your characters can do. Is it part of another ability? Let me. It's. It must be a. It must be a part of the blitz soldier combat style. Then. Uh, Everyone feel uh, better about yourself. We don't understand how soldiers. As a standard work. action, you can make a charge without the charge penalties. You can substitute a bull rush. Who cares? When you gain the soldier's onslaught class feature, you can make two attacks instead of one at the end of your charge, both with a minus four penalty. So this I was is part still of blitz. This is part of blitz soldier. Excellent. Well, wow. What are you? You rolled an eighteen on the dice here. If I said that was a miss, would you guys quit the podcast? It's obviously a hit, but <laughs> All right. that is without your your massive negative, which is nice uh, for yeah. for charging. How much damage are we looking at? Forty seven. Forty seven. What? <laughs> fire. Sorry. Oh, fire. All right. Well, good thing to to know. These things are not made of fire, so no. No uh, damage reduction there as you're you're bringing fire to the wind, just setting it ablaze. And that is that is your full turn. And it's my turn nope. now. I literally oh, get no. to make two attacks. We just talked about this. I don't believe you. And I don't want you to roll uh, it out. 25 is probably going to be a miss. 
against against EAC. Just EAC. What what weapon is this? I don't understand this your the, character this anymore. This is the Spear of Fates. <laughs> oh no, I'm pretty sure that one rolls twos. Are you using that weapon oh, or are you using something uh, new? Has the curse been lifted? <laughs> uh, 25 against EAC is a hit, so another 50 points of damage. 50 points of damage. All right, this is going to be an extremely short combat as we go on to their turn. And this one is does have to move in on, on Raimi and will do so. And this one's going to stand still and beat up a dross. And I, I don't know your KAC, so I'm going to make two attacks on a dross to start. All right. That seems like a, a beginning of the season thing. Okay. I've rolled average. That's kind of average. What's your KAC these days, Tyler? 36. Okay. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and pick these dice up off the table here and uh, move on with my day. Did I say there was two of these things? Okay, that's that's my bad. Sorry, there are three of them. <laughs> three of these. One of them three just of happens them. to be flanking with a dross or flanking against a dross. And then... No, at the end of this turn, I'm not lying, one of them pops up <laughs> from the bushes having spent its entire move action flying towards Andis and uh, Alindra. Okay, this one's going to punch Raimi and hopefully I do a little bit better. Oh no, completely average. What is your KAC, Miles? 31. Oh, thank you. Thank you, good sir. <laughs> a hit. A hit on our once again squishy Technomancer friend. And only uh, 25 points of bludgeoning damage is you basically are hit with a, a wall of wind, maybe cuts through your armor a little bit. And that is, that is their turn. Uh, this one indeed did move up. Next is Knack. Knack Feldspar. If I wanted to try to communicate with these things, what sort of action would I need to make? Well, I mean, just chatting with them is is free. What what are you wanting to say? And so I I speak is Auron the uh, the the air elemental language. Uh, are you asking me? Are you telling me? <laughs> I believe R A U. R-A-N is indeed often an, an air elemental language. Yes. Is that one you speak? It, it Nick speaks a lot of languages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does Remy, and he also speaks Auron. <laughs> oh, you guys should have, like, compared notes. And just <laughs> throughout the years, learned every language. Nick uh, might know most languages in at least the pack worlds, if not some of the surrounding territories. Yeah. Uh, so Nick would like to, to, call, uh, to call out to these things, like, Elementals, please tell us what you what you need, what you want. Please stop attacking us. We would like to talk. Any move or standard action you want to do? If you if you don't stop threatening us, I'm going to be forced to say some things that you're not going to want. <laughs> the words I can't take back, they will affect my teammates' <laughs> roles. All right, if you're not going to talk back to me, I'm going to point at the one that is attacking Raimi, because Raimi's mm. my bro, and say, get him. Yay, he said the line. <laughs> he said the thing from the the, the movie, <laughs> Attack of the Stellar Degenerator. And while I am doing that, I am going to quick draw from the cheek pouch. That's right, we got the cheek pouches back, oh my baby. Knack. Mac, uh, best of. <laughs> How many small pistols are in those cheek pouches? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Only the one right now. At least the one that I'm willing to admit to. 
And uh, oh, do I? I've got get him on the one. Do I want? Because we've got three targets. Do I want to shoot? I'm gonna Thanks. shoot the one that the is, one is, that Dross went up to is is really messed up after a couple of brutal <laughs> spear of fate slashes. Well, I don't want to. So I don't want to waste a clever attack on that. So I'm also gonna shoot the one that is uh, menacing Raimi uh, okay. with a clever attack. So I need to shoot and also roll a, a bluff check. Oh, mm-hmm. man, it's been so long. Got so many rolls this episode, Drew. Look at you. Look at you. Do you, you think you'd be here ever again? Oh, oh no. Natural three on oh, the no. dice. <laughs> That's here comes Can I, the, the rain of your 19s and uh, <laughs> 18s. Can I tell hey, you how old. nostalgic it is to see the conserving fusion pop up in your notes? <laughs> it's wow. just like classic <laughs> I, I i always get the conserving fusion for the record but uh, always always uh, so let always, me do that. always be conserving let me do that check for the uh the clever faint it's a bluff check right yes but do, do you get to make it if you miss uh, i think i do nobody knows uh you make an attack that throws your enemy off balance it's a standard action you make it a single attack against a target within 60 feet and gain the benefits of clever faint apply the effects of clever faint before resolving your attack you hmm, must have right. the so i mean i i will warn you it it won't matter for that but go ahead and indeed make that bluff check to to faint that's a 33 oh and uh i'm sorry it's a you've got a an expertise it's a 38 so I need to know creature CR again. <laughs> I feel like I just forget how to play Starfinder. Even though <laughs> we've been playing low-level Starfinder for weeks now. I know. Weeks. Okay. I do have their difficulty, which means the DC for this, I'm sure, is not going to be that much, right? What was your total? 38 for the, uh, so- the, uh, the, the bluff check. Yes, that is a success on the the faint. So it is it would be flat footed to to this attack. That's still going to be a miss. Does clever faint make it? Yeah, it's it now is flat footed to it is your now allies attacks. Flat footed to allies attacks and with improved get them. It's a plus two for allies attacks. So yeah, pretty big swing on this one just south of Ramy as we go on to Alindrabellus. Alindra is going to enter photon attunement mode. Oh no! What oh, no. If... All right, you know what? The season's canceled. I just—I never wanted to hear that again. Why did I come back to this? These um, characters. She is going to stellar rush uh, forward toward the one that was uh, menacing Rainy. Oh no! <laughs> Here we go. But I'm just going to take a uh, solar weapon attack at the end of that, not a bull rush. Got it. I don't think I have the magic ability that Adras has. Oh no, that's a natural one of oh, my first attack. No. Oh no! I love you, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Level reroll. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to ask. <laughs> On a natural one, if the attack is still a hit, does it count for a natural one? I don't think it does. Yeah. But I, I don't think she hits because she's going against KAC. So I think she's just shy of hitting. Well, I think natural one is natural one in Starfinder. <laughs> it's always, yes, it's always a miss. She can't hit on a natural one, but I don't know if it's a critical fail if it's a natural one and you exceed, or maybe that's, am I thinking of PF2E? You're that's thinking of PF2E, which is both. In yes. in this one, you only don't get the critical hit, I think, if you would have missed. 
Oh, you're I don't right. think it's the other way for, for missions. I'm sorry, Rebecca. We're starting oh. off. Uh, do you want a critical fumble official Starfinder card or the website where we have <laughs> fan fumbles from from Crittermanders? Fumbles. Let's do a fan submitted one as a thank you to the fans for sticking with us for we are now in our fourth season. So thank you, fans. This be the most horrific one we've ever done. No, please make it easy. Um, Be nice to Alindra. This is not bad. It will maybe slow you down a little bit. Submitted by uh, Nasson. It's called The Stooge. Uh, Your weapon flies out of your hand towards a random ally and deals weapon damage if it hits. This one won't really affect anyone else because as soon as your weapon goes out of your hand, it dissipates. I, I think <laughs> maybe because Ramy's behind you, he gets a little bit of stellar moat dust in his face, but no <laughs> no damage uh, just because you're using a non-corporeal weapon. He sneezes, though, which he hates doing. Oh, Rebecca, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Okay, well, I've... I've shuffled these critical fumble cards for nothing. I'm just going to keep shuffling the rest of the game. Just just <laughs> waiting. Whoever gets another critical fumble. Oh, yeah, I picked the deck. Okay. <laughs> That's an Alindra turn. Andis, one, four, eight. The, All right. The silent, the stoic, the three-year-old, technically. <laughs> oh, don't say it um, like that. That makes it weird. <laughs> I mean, well, like three 30,000-year-old, technically. <laughs> I mean, Nack was pretty specific when when he said, get him, so. I should get this guy, right? So Andis is going to get this guy. So he's going to step forward 10, 10 feet. And as he does, he sort of extends his arm and then out from his arm, sort of like like some panels open up and then goes like, there's like a clang, 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 clang. And this enormous hammer is sort of suddenly at the end of his, uh, his clenched fist. And go back to ranged mechanic, please. I don't know what this is, <laughs> and I'm scared. Make the attack. Don't tell anybody what you're doing. All right. I kind of knew what everyone else could do, but now I'm like, I'm very scared of. Oh, no, that's, that's, a, hit. that's a low roll, but that is a high number. That is a hit against Casey. Casey, correct. Yeah, definitely a hit. How much damage we talk? Uh, for 48 points of damage. Okay, so, I mean, you hit center mass on this thing and do a good amount of damage. Uh, some of that does seem to, to pass right through these wispy air elementals, but still first hit on this get one. And Raimi, you're not alone anymore. You've got Andis and Alindra covering your back as we go to you at the bottom of the turn order. All right, so he is going to uh, quick draw his new X-Gen Gun Elite. And he's going to back up just a smidge uh, because he knows what happens when Alindra goes solar. Oh, no, I forgot to. And is going to take aim at the one that attacked him and hope for the best here. Attack, attack. That's a 22 to hit. Against... Uh, flat-footed KAC with get him. I hate, I hate all the all the things Nack does. I, I need to kill him so bad. That is a hit. A three is- on the dice. You suck. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, that, that is um, 55 points of damage. 
So spoilers if Rebecca had rolled a two instead of a one, it would have been it. So once again, as this one is Casey, not all of that goes through, but enough to bloody the second one here or de-incorporate its its windy form. Did, did they ever answer uh, Knack back? No, no, they didn't. And they're not going to while well, I'm doing math for, <laughs> for this character. But at the top of the turn order, I think this one on top of you, Edros, will be like, the storm must end. It must end. And Alindra, the, the one in front of you that you've you've whiffed on, but you've seen Andis come over your shoulder and smack Raimi's shoot is like, we will not, we will not leave until it the it is over. We will blow this place down. Uh, Edros, we are on to you, sir. Draws just kind of looks at this thing and goes, I'm not a meteorologist! And then just stabs it. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you speak Orin? Because I guess you wouldn't have heard what this guy said, really. Oh, you're right. No, never mind. He didn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. It's, maybe, still, maybe, it's still maybe Nack, he's not a meteorologist. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still a true fact, but he might. Knack would have had to translate that before he technically said it. You see, you know, you see Adros's frame hulk out a little bit as he tries to deliver a series of powerful strikes buffed as he go as he is using all of his might on each and every one of these oh boy so minus six critical hit natural I rolled a natural 20 for uh i don't i'm not i'm not gonna roll the rest that's 107 points of damage you need me to roll anymore oh it was plenty already why are you doing this to me tyler hey critical shout outs if you want to get shouted out every time these monsters crit my monsters in combat sign up on our patreon we got links in the description on our website to to do that ten dollars a month and you can shout out friends family what you want our most recent as we started recording season four patreon supporter at this level is apoc 815 thank you so much if you want to turn in a personalized shout out uh, and you are at that level hit us up on discord or, or message us on the patreon we'll be doing some more as we we head on how much damage was that tyler i'm sorry 107 okay well it's, it's very dead <laughs> you <laughs> Uh, completely smash this this cyclone of of air and snow in front of you and all, all that's left is a few like light snowflakes falling where this thing once stood before the wind picks up and kind of brushes it all away we, we don't allow this normally but because it was a crit if you want to take a move action as well you can oh cool that's that's only because your sweet, sweet crit sauce took that thing down in, in a single hit. Woohoo! Ah, someone else maybe can answer. Adros has a jet pack. Uh, is that part of a move action or I have to? Nope. Just, I, do I have to like? Nope. You just, just have a fly speed for a certain amount of time per day. Yep. Sweet. Let's see how far I can get with that because I think I have some things that I have to. Ooh, I can't get that far though. It only goes thirty feet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fly it. I'm gonna uh no, that one's not that one's not gonna live to my next turn. So I'm oh. gonna start going towards the other one. One Alindra and Andis are fighting, yeah. Yeah, so Adros is gonna use his just you know, use his jetpack to whoop, fly closer to the next target. Sure, 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 sure. That'll take us to their turn and 
think first things first, this one's going to strike, try and, and crack back at an Andus 148. That this I one have a question about this. Very hurt. Yeah. So I have Eclipse Defense, which says when you are an, an adjacent ally or attack, make a melee attack. So I could make a melee attack as a reaction to this. But my question is, is Andis technically adjacent to Alindra right now? Because we have like five feet between us. So no. I'm not adjacent, right? Okay. Unfortunately. So that wouldn't work, no. Okay. Even with what is, whatever what reach Andis says? It's called Eclipse Defense. And this is a, a real... Um, Revelation, revelation of some sort. Mm-hmm. I assume oh, it I, means I see, I see. It an adjacent ally. I, I, I see. So it's it's that uh, you can you can make the attack, and if you hit high enough, then you just cause them to deal less damage. You don't deal damage to them on the attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to because that's that's that would that'd be a crazy scary thing. <laughs> just like anytime anyone is attacked ever. <laughs> can you do this while in, in photon mode? Yeah, you can, but I only get a plus two to the attack instead of... Wait, hold on. No, I get a plus four to the attack bonus if I'm attuned, if I'm graviton attuned, which I'm not right now. Only photon attuned. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I would say you're adjacent. Uh, At the very least, you're in the same combat here. I I would like to see this uh, ability go off. So (laughs) once again, for, for our audience, Eclipse Defense, and you can make a reaction K... KAC attack against its KAC plus eight. So go go ahead and make that, I guess, first. Okay. I mean, he's like, he's striking out over you to get to Andis 148. So, right. So that's a 40 on the attack. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. KAC plus eight. That is a hit. <laughs> so this will then deal half damage. Okay. That's also looking. Please crit so I can get I'm some sorry. damage. Half damage of what is the low roll of the damage that you have just done, Rebecca? No, no, no. My, not my damage. <laughs> Half of my oh, damage. Okay. Half she's, of the- she's kind of like using gravity wells to slow down this air elemental's strike coming in. And surely that's done a number because you've also affected my dice rolls. What is Andis's KAC these days? Um, my KAC is 37. 37 KC. That's, That's pretty high. One. Well, yeah. I rolled a seven and they don't have a plus 30 to hit, so that is gonna be a miss. And this thing is just gonna float up into the air. And Andis can make an attack of opportunity as it's gonna fly up about 20 feet. I'll do it. Everyone's getting reactions. Left, right, the center. Oh uh, no. But you've rolled a You've rolled a three, which is a guaranteed hit at this point on this guy. So 47 points of damage here. Yeah, 47. Okay, he's still up. And now he's up in the air. And this other one is going to move in. And it was going to move on on Anderson Knack, but now he's got an Edros in his face. So he's just going to move up to get into range and make an attack on Edros. A slam attack. And 11 on the dice, I'm pretty sure that's going to be... Pow! That is just a hit, right? If you're at 36. I'm at 36. Okay, a little bit of bludgeoning damage coming your way. Uh, You couldn't choose one of the other damage types, huh? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No. Don't have have any DR for bludgeoning. (laughs) I mean, I can can double check on that, but... Thank you for nerfing enhanced resistance, fam. Nope. Uh, That is... 
26 points of damage, bludgeoning damage. And that is going to take us to next turn. Next in a call out. This is your last time to talk. If you don't talk, you're going to die. I understand that you don't think this. Whatever concept of death you have as an elemental, it's about to happen. If you decide to continue to attack us, what do you say? <laughs> he goes neck again, yelling at the wind, just like, I'm going to kill you. Wind. <laughs> they, they do not respond. I mean, maybe you hear some howling sounds around you, but you're unsure if that is indeed RN for shut up neck or is indeed just the wind around you. Oh, no, I'm so worried. All right. So we're going to we're going to hmm. We have so many things going on. So for the one to the south, I'm going to yell, get them. And the one to the east that we have that is menacing a dross, we're going to do a clever attack. None of us remember how to play this game. We're, we are the worst podcast to listen to for Starfinder. Uh, I think we've forgotten that elementals can't be critted. Oh, oh right. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I, the, the call out still stands, and I think that one still would have died from that damage. I can just come back here if you want because I wouldn't no. have been able to move. But No! Pretty sure All right. it still would have been dead. But I would have. Uh, I, I, I just, promise you, I would have hit it again. I just want to note that for I'm not scared of your guys' crits no more. What, what do you want to do, Nick? Uh, so again, get them to the one to the south for okay. my teammates attacking that one, and we're gonna do a clever attack to the one to the east. Oh, all right. So we're gonna split it up here. Uh, that's a 34 to hit. That there is a hit. Oh, I haven't done the bluff check either. Hang on. I need to bluff to make sure that I uh, oh. can get my clever attack. It's a hit, so <laughs> you that's did. A, that's a 32 before expertise. I'm pretty sure that hits. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but I have, to do the bl- I have to do the bluff check in order to make sure that everybody else gets the the, the clever attack bonus off. Uh, so that's going to be 17 points of damage to the the one to the east. Okay, so that's the first damage this one has taken as you get a laser blast off through like its its chest or maybe where its its tum-tum is. Alindra Vallis, redemption time. You've got this one right in front of you about... It's uh, up in th- the air. 35 feet up, yes. So that's a problem for Alindra. Question, mm-hmm. the rules don't look like it will allow me to do this, but can I use Defy Gravity and hit it while I'm still in the air before I actually fall back to the ground. Oh no, what does Defy Gravity do? That sounds like a... <laughs> it's it, a it revelation a... that lets me fly, but it yeah. says <laughs> that uh, you must end this movement on solid ground or you fall. Oh, yeah. On your last move, move action of the turn, you still have to land or fall. So I, I realize that I have to land or fall, but like, can I hit it while I'm still in the air? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can just fly yeah, up there. Sure. The, the ramifications of defying gravity. Right, right. So, all right, let's see. So I can move, since I'm not graviton attuned, I can uh, move 35 feet into the air. I can fly 35 feet straight up into Dang. the air, which should be enough. And I'm going to take yes. a strike with my solar weapon while I'm up there. This thing will attack of opportunity as you get within range of it. Okay. But I've not rolled like anything good tonight, so uh, nine on the dice. What's your KAC these days? Thirty-two. That actually is going to be a hit. Okay. Let's get within range of it for 
little higher than normal damage. 27 points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> You're making a, a strike in midair. Yes, am, a strike in midair. I, I'm not excited about this. Four, and I am photon attuned, so that's going to be 49 damage. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that, that definitely hit 49 and half slashing, half. Fa- no. Uh, no, only a portion of it is fire. It is, let me look. Majority slashing, so let me do some math here. Oh, no, that's enough to kill this thing. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with some DR. Get out okay. of here. Okay. All right. I see you guys. Uh, you will fall down to the ground, though, and I think they 3d6 points of damage. I think I remember how these rules work, right? As, as you, you hit the ground, but obviously it's there's a lot of packed snow, so it cushions your blow, and you're taking only six points of damage. Andis148, we are back to you. Hmm. Let's see. This one's like only about five feet off the ground. It's not taken off yet, the, this last remaining one. All right. I think I'm going to see one, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm just going to come back around up, up to here. I'm moving in mm-hmm. within its 10 foot range here. Um, yes. And it is flat footed from the clever fame, but only to your attacks, right? Drew, right, Nick? No, I, I succeeded at the bluff check, so it's to everyone's attacks. Uh, Clever faint. And the enemy is also flat-footed against your allies' attacks. Yeah, I guess, is it yeah, the same as saying... It's not flat-footed as per the it's, condition. Yeah, it doesn't have the condition. It's just flat-footed to my attacks. Okay. So yes. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to hit. It, it will still get reactions. Thank I mean, as much as I can play about your characters this season, none of them are operative, so I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, <laughs> let me let me make that attack of opportunity. Blue. Oh, boy. Oh. 18 on the dice. Okay. And a little bit of bludge damage coming your way. A little bludgy wedgy. Very low. 21 points bludgeoning. Oh, what's what is what is your attack this time? You've got a giant hammer that seems to have come from nowhere, and I'm uh, a little worried about that. I probably should have vetted this <laughs> with character design <laughs> a bit more. A strike coming its way. Yeah, one second. I'm doing some math. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm soaking up a little bit of that bludgeoning. Mm. Oh boy! Now, now I'm standing next to you. I'm gonna swing my mighty hammer. We we talked about maybe your your armor kind of morphs a little bit and tries to cushion some of that air blow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's just a, it's, it is a, it is a solid frame. This thing mm-hmm. It is huge mech armor. <laughs> super, super beefy. That's uh, a- we did really mention your character technically is large <laughs> at this yes, point right, because, yes. because of the, uh, the powered armor, powered even armor though is big and chunky, you yourself are, you know, still yeah, right. a medium Android, but inside the armor, it's, very fun to see you on the map <laughs> yeah you've rolled very high here uh, 15 on the dice that is a hit and a ton of damage going through yeah 52 points of damage okay not bloodied yet as we go on to bottom of turn over Ramy. uh Ramy is going to kill the simple and cast magic missile <laughs> you son of a <laughs> beast you couldn't go an episode without <laughs> casting it one episode it looks no. like 
And that's uh, 16 points of damage. <laughs> 16 guaranteed damage. Yes, that goes through. <laughs> that's right. And that'll take this guy to a bloodied. Uh, as you see, about half of its its incorporeal, wispy form has fallen to the ground as, as hard-packed snow. And we're back to the top of the turn order with Edros. You're about 15 feet away from this guy. What do you want to do? We're going to charge it and make two attacks. Oh, That's man. Kind of all we do. Oh, man. I can't. Right. There's, I, mean, I kind of want, there's something I want to have happen. Just, but I just can't. Son of a god! Do you <laughs> want was, a natural one to hit? That wasn't it! <laughs> I already put the cards away, but I'm pulling them back out! Ah. Uh, Alright, this is only energy damage, right? The Spear of Fates. It is fire. all fire. This this is more like the spear that we know and love, right? <laughs> Wait, is it all fire or is it... Curse is back! Plasma. Is that, is, is that it only is the ranged element? Inferno Doshko. Right, so I might, might be thinking fire. of the, the range part. Okay. The range part is a plasma white star caster, and that right. is ENF. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. This one is called Loose Gasket. And Uh-oh. It, any attack roll made with your weapon takes a minus two penalty until the weapon is repaired. Oh. With an well, engineering gonna, check. That's going to suck. So this is now minus six instead of a minus four. The second one will be affected. Oh, cool. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Natural one. All right, get rid of that spear of fate. Get that spear out of here. It, it's Tyler, working why as we it never is. learn. Tyler, why did you bring the spear to season four? You knew yes. it was cursed. <laughs> this, is, yes. this, is, this is the best weapon I've literally ever played with. It's it's like I, shuffling, I, shuffling I just shuffling. don't know what else to say, but I. I am honestly tempted to play this entire campaign with the spear because I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, I hope you know that we've we've just written your character arc for season four. Is how are you going to get rid of the curse? And unlock it. It's it's final. Literally writes itself. This is the second time I rolled two ones in a row on this show. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, another. It was the other time the spear of fates because no, I I don't think. It's critical fail. It's called can't believe what just happened. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a lame. It's a lame one. You can't take reactions for 1d4 rounds. Uh, I, I can believe that. But you're just so stunned, though. You can't take reactions for uh, a turn. I am sorry, Tyler, but we're moving on to its turn. And it's going to double attack and send the first one to Andis and second one to a draw. So it's going to try and beat you guys down. I'm rolling real low. So never mind. Dak Feldspar, go ahead and shoot it I, with you. I think. Uh, what? What's up? I, I definitely rolled a 12 and a 4. What, what were you saying, Jabert? Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was remembering that an 11 hit a dross earlier, but this is a multiple D- attack. So. Double attack, yeah. And that first one was to you, and you have higher AC. I'm pretty sure it's a miss, so it, it's minus four for minus four. Yeah. double attacks. Yeah. No, nope, not doing it. Uh, Nack, on to you. Get him, and then clever attack. We're going to roll the, the bluff check first. Mm-hmm. It's a 40 done. Uh, did the bluff check. Yeah, you don't get any bonuses for doing like 
a lot more than I mean if you if you beat the DC there's no uh, there, there is unfortunately no DC for beating it by 20 points but um, yeah. I just wanted to double check but yes that is definitely enough I think you got to roll in the 20s to not bluff this guy so attack roll that's Ooh. a 33 against flat footed plus get them so that's most definitely a hit yeah uh for oh 15 points of damage points on the board points on the board low but it's taken all that because it doesn't have you did 15 times the damage adros did this turn (laughs) no no (laughs) anything times zero zero i know no no, tyler here's the here's the here's what i uh, the difference if you had rolled twos you would have killed this thing (laughs) <laughs> that may be, but it is the Spear of Fates, and Fate said not today. <laughs> I think it just it turned off as you were striking through it. <laughs> Alindra, we're on to you, and uh, you're you're in the snow, on your, your and, behind. And we're, we're all about oh, right. to take some fire damage. <laughs> so am I... Okay, so I'm on the ground, so I have to get up. Yeah, but you have the ability to defy gravity, so I imagine you can fly over there. Right. Just in one move action. Does it just give you the ability to fly as long as you end on the ground? Is that right? Yeah, as long as I end my move action on the ground. Yeah, yeah, we've we've retconned before that if you're you're flying from a, a prone position, it doesn't require a standing on your feet. Sweet. Imagine can it I, as a cannonball. Can I make it all style. the way over here? What's your movement speed? Thirty-five. Can. Yeah, oh. looks like you can just get within its range. Uh, again, this one will provoke an attack of opportunity. Are you okay with that? I was really hoping to get kind of like right here. Yeah, that, that's um, as far as you can move. It just it it's got its reaction reset. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with an attack of opportunity, and um, I am fully attuned. Oh, I don't like it. All right, I've rolled a 17 on the dice, so I, I do have a heat. This one. All right. A little, bit, a little bit nasty, this guy, but very low damage. 21 points of bludgeoning. What would you like to do for your standard? Uh, hold on one sec. I mean, what do you think? I mean, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to Supernova, oh, oh, okay. and Adras is really close by, but it'll be fine. <laughs> okay. so, this, so, so, so what, you know, this is... I, I love that this happened. I literally took this feat because of you. Oh no. Um, <laughs> as a reaction, when I am attacked or must attempt a reflex saving throw, I can attempt an acrobatics check. And if I roll high enough, then it just misses. Essentially, just gives me evasion if I'm reading it all correctly. So I did this specifically so that I could try to maybe avoid some supernovas. Awesome. Do you want to roll your reflex save? No, I want to see the damage first. We all want the money. Uh, what what is the DC for? Oh no, that's a lot of damage. What's the DC for the ability? DC is twenty one. Okay, uh, so you're rolling acrobatic style, and I'm rolling uh, reflex, and I'm uh, oh, it was almost a three, but a nineteen on the dice. It has succeeded. So, and oh, I Tyler. rolled a thirty seven. Tyler super oh, man, succeeded. I, I I thought Tyler was gonna roll that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think a two two will just. Yes, so it has taken half damage. Adros has taken none. It is still up after that blast of stellar fire. And Andis, we're back to you. Oh boy. 
This is what I was hoping for. Is it a full, full attack time? Oh, no. Full attack time. Oh, oh no. Why are you rolling three attacks? That's too many attacks. <laughs> Lowest was a 27. What? What? Can you tell us what class you're playing? I don't even think we've said it yet. We haven't said it. We haven't said it. I am indeed using an evolution point to make my attacks as though my base attack bonus were my evolutionist level. Oh, oh, oh my boy. goodness. I forgot that was an entire class. I'm a mechanical man now. <laughs> a mechanical person. Uh, hey. Uh, so, yes, your your form has somewhat evolved into yes. a <laughs> super dangerous killer robot <laughs> that has definitely just murdered this thing. I don't even I'm not even going to add this up. Three hits and we are out of combat. <sighs> Look at that. I want to add it up. Just, I mean, that's over 100 points of damage, listeners. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's got DR, 100, but 107, but it yeah. doesn't matter when it's a. Uh, a big old pull oh, attack like that. Chef. All right, I should have attacked Solutions. once and moved away from you guys, like I did last turn. But uh, we are indeed out of combat. And I think, how, are, how are you guys doing? Uh, everyone yeah. near dead or <laughs> into HP? <laughs> After <laughs> combat ends, it's just like Edros laughing, and it's just like I've missed this. That was great. <laughs> was that magic missile I saw, man? I haven't seen that in feels like years. <laughs> There was a supernova. There was some getums. Yeah, the band's back together. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> everything was coming was coming together all at once. Yeah, um, yeah I'm gonna damn it. At the, at the at the end of this at the end of this turn, I'm going to take a standard action and mm-hmm. uh, just reboot my systems real quick. Oh, what does that do? I'm just gonna get back some SP. Oh. <laughs> Adros is going to sit down on one of these steps, just like, uh, you know, almost like old man out of breath still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to use a resolve point. Sure. I'll use so, a resolve point, too. I mean, you can you can start to 10 minute rest, rest up. But as you do, there's noise behind you guys getting getting louder as as you maybe you'll crane your your necks around the building you you see a a softly glowing blue light approaching you uh and then a couple others from other directions holographic carolers moving in on you but you notice it, it's not the same song that they were singing before maybe it's got similar tune but it's it's a little slowed out a little i don't know distorted it's the remix. It's a cold, dark night full of bright blue trees. All glory to the Civ Empire. Oh, no. <laughs> we, we will conquer, prevail where we will to be continued on the next episode. Olivians, is that you? Yeah, we will get back to it. Obviously, there's some more danger lurking in this this uh, valley, mountainous, snowy terrain. And yeah, no, you guys, you don't need to rest. You don't need to burn RP. That's that's something for like low level adventures. We'll just get I'd right like into it. combat next. Uh, no, I, I'd like to. I'd like to rest. <laughs> right. That's episode 200. Oh, my gosh. I just that's realized that's the end of it. We have to wrap up now. Uh, this has been a long one. I, I thank you guys for 
for playing with me and staying up late to, to play these games for the last four years. Thank no, you, Patrick. No yeah, thank you. And everyone listening, I always at the beginning of the intro, but thank you for, for listening to 200 episodes um, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe you just skip from season one to season four. And that's totally okay. <laughs> we recorded a lot of these, but pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. Cosmic uh, hashtag Cosmic Crit 200. Uh, let us know if you've enjoyed this one. If you're just new to Starfinder, what have you and, and win some prizes. Thank you for listening. And we're going to catch you next week for, a less exciting, maybe a, a half as long episode 201. Uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Cosmic Crit, an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder role-playing game and adventure paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder and Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.